It was looking like it was going to be another one of those games for the Giants where they're facing a pitcher they haven't seen before, a guy who doesn't have good numbers, and yet they completely get dominated in Coors Field over, like, into the sixth inning. They didn't have a hit, but down 4 nothing, the Giants came roaring back, thanks in large part to their platoon system, pinch hitters, and a totally improved bullpen. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on youtube today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb and when you enter promo code locked on mlb they'll throw in this if you're on youtube uh free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order and coming up on today's show, I want to discuss the dramatic comeback win for the Giants, how they were able to do it, how it's such a good sign that in a game like this where they were, you know, it's it, we've seen it a million times where they don't come back, where they just kind of fold. And given that they were at the 500 mark, it was looking like, okay, here we go again. You're going to dip below 500. You're, you're going to even up this series against an inferior team, and now you're in a position where you have to win the finale to win the series. And if you don't win that, then you're two under 500 and blah, blah, blah. All those storylines happening. But in reality, if you can just go out there and win that game, as I said on yesterday's show, like what I, what I need from the Giants right now is for them to blow past this 500 mark. Stop making 500 such a... I mean, it's like... <laughs> It's hard. Mean regression, like being, it's hard to pull away from average in all things in life, but in baseball in particular, you know, all these players are talented on all the different teams. And so anyway, just a dramatic comeback and it was fueled by pinch hitters, like in large part. And so uh, platoon system deniers, platoon system haters, just watch this game and that's it worked exactly as planned and of course it's not going to work every time but just the idea is that if you put the guys in the best position to succeed then it's going to help you win games and that's exactly what happened in the seventh and eighth innings for the Giants but specifically in the seventh inning they just pinch hit left and right so I'm going to I'm going to run you through how this went down in the seventh inning so as it often does, it started with a leadoff walk. Uh, the Giants down 4 nothing in the game at that point. So a leadoff walk to Michael Conforto. And then Mitch Hanniger, who, by the way, you know, he's had some he's had some grindy kind of at-bats that have ended up with him getting on base. He's been hit by a pitch, walked, had, had a couple hits here and there. So he's just, to me, he just seems like he's on the cusp 
of breaking through. And then, so what happens is you've got Mike Yastrzemski coming up in the lineup, followed by Blake Sable, and then Casey Schmidt, and then a bunch of other lefties. Uh, uh, Brandon Crawford after that, and then Lamont Wade. So there's a lot of lefties coming up. And so Bud Black, the Rockies manager, has a choice to make, which is, do I just leave in my... I mean, it was the starter still in the game at that point, but it's like, do I go to a righty reliever? Do I leave in the starter? Which probably not at that point after he's pitched that deep in the game and then a leadoff walk followed by a single, you're going to the pen. But if you go to a righty, that righty has to face uh, a lefty in Mike Yastrzemski. He has to face another lefty in Blake Sable, and then you've got Casey Schmidt coming up. And so they go, okay, no, we're going to the lefty here and force you to make your moves, and the Giants made their moves. And so Brent Suter, who's been really, really good for the Colorado Rockies as a lefty here, comes in and full-on line change. The Giants pinch hit for Mike Yastrzemski with Austin Slater, and Austin Slater singles on a ground ball to left. Michael Conforto scores, Mitch Hanniger to second. So still nobody out. It's 4-1, to one, and you've got runners on first and second. And again, remember the three-batter minimum rule, which helps a team like the Giants because they're able to do this without the opponent being able to do anything about it. And so the next hitter was Blake Sable, but they pinch hit for the lefty Sable against the lefty Suter, the pitcher, with Wilmer Flores. And what does Wilmer Flores do? Singles on a line drive to center field. Uh, and Mitch Hanniger uh, to third, Austin Slater to second. And so the bases are loaded now with nobody out still and you're still down four to one. And now, now you've got a natural, you don't have to pinch hit because you've got a righty coming up in Schmidt, but... Brent Suter still has to pitch. He can't come out yet because he hasn't. This is his third batter now is Casey Schmidt. And Casey Schmidt singles on a ground ball to left field. And so Mitch Hanniger scores. Austin Slater also scores from second base. There's the speed of Slater also coming into play. Uh, Wilmer Flores to second. So all of a sudden, it's four to three. The Giants trailing by one run. Still nobody out. Runners on first and second. And then what the Giants do is, you know, it's Crawford coming up with Brent Suter on the mound. But, uh, you know, at this point, Suter has faced his minimum three hitters. And so they could take him out, but they're not going to if you send up Crawford. And I think it's kind of genius that they saved J.D. Davis for this situation because Davis is like the guy who doesn't have... I know people have made a big deal that he's actually got reverse splits, but... I, I think you're looking at too small of a sample for that. And in his career, he's actually got pretty even splits. And so he's just a guy who can hit lefties, but also righties. And so he's the perfect guy to pinch hit at this point where the Rockies will have to make a decision. Do I leave in Suter to face J.D. Davis or do we go to a righty to face the righty Davis? But if you even if they go to the righty, J.D. Davis can hit righties. And so it's just a horrible position to be in if you're Bud Black and... I think the obvious move was to take out Suter, given he had just allowed three straight hits. And so they do take out Suter. They go to Justin Lawrence for J.D. Davis. And, you know, like I said, it's not always going to work. J.D. Davis ended up striking out. It was just kind of a rough at bat. He was kind of in between pitches. It seemed like he was guessing wrong every time, and he ended up striking out. Uh, and then... 
Lamont Wade Jr. popped out, but again, Wade getting to face a righty now, and then Tyro Estrada grounded out to third base to end the inning. So the Giants kind of failed to take advantage of that first and second nobody out, essentially, situation there. But still, three runs across, and now it's a one-run game in Coors Field. And the bullpen, which which we'll talk about in just a minute, uh, put up a zero, you know, shutdown inning, so to speak. And then the eighth inning comes along. It's still Justin Lawrence, the righty on the mound. Jock Peterson walks. Again, it starts with a leadoff walk. Michael Conforto struck out. Mitch Hanniger hit by a pitch, you know, get on base any way you can. And then Austin Slater comes up and it's not ideal in a perfect world. He's facing a righty and that's kind of the, it's not really, I mean, it is, it's like the downside of making those moves is that later in the game, if you don't come all the way back, you can't make a counter move and you've got to have Slater face a righty, but Slater has just kind of been locked in and he lined a single to left that tied the game at four and then up come up came Patrick Bailey who had come in defensively when after Sable had come out of the game as for a pinch hitter and Patrick Bailey just laid down like the most perfect safety squeeze you'll ever see and the Giants took a five to four lead and that would be the final score and so all the credit in the world to Bailey for the safety squeeze being executed perfectly and also for Mitch Hanniger for kind of getting a great jump on it it's a designed play that's just not something he's doing on his own it's something that the Giants Gabe Kapler called and Bailey like all the credit in the world for executing a really good bunt in that situation and the Giants took the lead they're scoring runs they haven't hit any home runs in this series and they're like They've hit like the sixth or seventh fewest home runs over the last 30 days. So I said on Twitter, some you sickos who hate the home run will be excited to learn. They haven't been hitting a ton of them lately, but, you know, runs are runs. I think we all agree we want the Giants to score runs and win games, and that's exactly what they did last night. But on the flip side, it was the bullpen because you don't, you know, win a game like this without your pitching coming through and helping you. And so coming up in just a minute, we're going to discuss the dramatic bullpen turnaround for the San Francisco Giants recently that has helped them get hot and get on a roll. And so all of that in just a minute. But before we discuss that, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, they make you look good and they make you feel good. And I can attest to this personally. Bird Dogs sent me a couple pairs And before I even saw how they looked on me, the first thing I noticed was, first of all, the fit was great. And the fabric, the stretchy fabric was oh so very comfortable. And so I'm thinking, man, these are great, a great pair of shorts, but I hadn't seen how they looked yet. And so I walked out, uh, my girlfriend, she wanted to see how do the shorts look. And she immediately responded by saying they were the best looking shorts that I had ever worn. And so I was kind of I mean, that's a that's quite a statement. She's, you know, we've been together a long time and she's seen me in a lot of shorts and that was honestly her first reaction and so something that is so comfortable and looks good like not just good but like professional but versatile, right? You could wear it to the office, you could wear it to uh the golf course, or hanging out with friends, whatever the case may be. So, go to birddogs.com, get yourself some some pairs. Uh, and slash locked on MLB, by the way, birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And if you enter promo code locked on MLB, you are going to get this free Yeti style tumbler with 
your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss the dramatic bullpen turnaround for the San Francisco Giants, who, you know, again last night, if we just look at the line score and just see who was doing what and just some of the names out there, it's 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 fascinating because we've got guys like Taylor Rogers, you know, early in the season, not just struggling, but struggling so badly that he's throwing his glove in the trash can. But what? look at him now. Look at him now. So we'll look at him now in just a second. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow on the show. I'm going to be talking with Paul Holden from Lockdown Rockies, giving you like a total recap of this series. It's going to be a lot of fun. I listened to his show yesterday and he was just lamenting how poorly the Rockies play against the Giants. So I'm sure he was not happy with yesterday's game. We'll see how the finale goes today. By the way, the Giants play the Rockies today at 1210 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So the dramatic bullpen turnaround. Just first to say, like, Logan Webb started this game, and it was not a great outing for Webb. I mean, he went five and a third, eight hits, four earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts, one homer that went, like, 484 feet. So it was an absolute bomb. Uh Coors Field is a tough place to pitch. I never really evaluate a pitcher based on how they perform in Coors. But, you know, it wasn't his best outing. By the way, the defense saved him a couple times. Michael Conforto made really like a game-saving catch in the second inning with two guys on. uh, Would have been been two runs, and he made an incredible diving catch. And then Crawford saved a run with a diving catch later in the game as well. So that was a big part of this, too, is that the Giants' defense continues to be Look, if you're looking at errors, apparently the Giants are towards the bottom, if not the worst, in terms of errors. But that is not a good way to evaluate defense. And by more advanced numbers, and I could explain to you if you really want to know why uh, fielding percentage stinks as a me- as a measure of defense, I can. But I'll save that for another time. But the Giants' defense, just if you're watching all these games, you can see it. They're not a, they have not been a bad defensive team at all. And that's great because last year that's what sunk them completely. But the bullpen. So Tristan Beck, uh, two thirds of an inning scoreless. Taylor Rogers, another scoreless inning, uh, three strikeouts in the inning. He did allow a hit and a walk, but my goodness, was it an impressive outing with the sweeper and the fastball and just freezing Mike Moustakis when everyone thought it was kind of Sergio Romo-esque like they they called it on the broadcast where it was like that that breaking ball that he throws is so good and he had thrown it in the at-bat multiple times and gotten strikes with it it seemed like okay it's coming again and then he zips him with like a 95 mile an hour fastball and just completely locks him up and it's strike three called so ERA for Taylor Rogers is down to 3.54 after the blow up to begin the season. Tyler Rogers, they often do this. It's kind of funny. Kepler likes to go Taylor to Tyler, uh, one after the the other, and and a, another scoreless appearance for Tyler Rogers, whose ERA gets lowered to 1.80. As the setup guy here, it's his 12th hold. Uh, and then Camilo Duvall in the ninth, just usual 
casual self in a one-run game too. Uh, in the eighth and ninth, the Giants are dealing with a one-run lead here. That is not something that's easy to hold, and they made it non-dramatic. And there was some good defense in the ninth as well. A play to Wade where he got a really tough hop and he handled it while like having to back up and threw to first and Duvall made a nice play to catch the ball and tag the bag. So just all around super impressive. But I just kind of want to look at the overall bullpen numbers. I haven't actually like pulled these up prior to now, but on the season, the Giants relievers it's a little bit skewed because when we talk about relievers, it, it's including guys like, you know, Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling out of the bullpen and, you know, Sean Jelly. It, so overall, they do have a 410 ERA, which is not that good. I don't know exactly. I could sort it and tell you exactly where it ranks, and I will. Overall on the season, that 410 ERA ranks. 20th out of 30 teams the peripheral numbers are better though and I don't know exactly when the turnaround happened but let's just look last 30 days what are the Giants dealing with with their bullpen uh over the last 30 days Giants are numero uno number one in Major League Baseball in bullpen ERA at 2.28 and so for those of you who doubted me when I said and it's not about me but like just the concept in general when i was saying these guys have track records they're better than this it's a small sample the numbers are fluky these specific numbers are fluky this look no further than the fact that they lead the major leagues in bullpen era over the last uh 30 days and sean Manaya, one of the top contributors according to fangraph's war largely because he has the most innings out of the bullpen over the last 30 days. Actually, he's second to Tristan Beck. But uh, according to Fangraphs, he's been the best pitcher out of the bullpen over the last 30 days. And I mean, he's got a 2.93 ERA, but a 2.18 fielding independent pitching. The strikeout rate is through the roof. Walk rate is good. He's just, he's been a monster mostly out of the bullpen. Uh, Camilo Duvall, 150 ERA, 187 fielding independent pitching. Strikeouts per nine is almost 16. Walks per nine at one and a half. I want to look at strikeout rate here. For Doval, he's at his strikeout rate in the last 30 days is 44%, which is about double the league average. So just incredible stuff from Doval there. And John Brebbia hasn't John Brebbia hasn't allowed a run in the last thirty days. Junis is at two point oh three. Ryan Walker one point oh four. Taylor Rogers, how about this? 0.93 ERA with like again sixteen strikeouts per nine innings, which is just crazy. I'm uh, a forty six percent strikeout rate for Taylor Rogers in the last thirty days. And that's spanning nine and two thirds innings, 10 games. Tyler Rogers, 071 ERA. Scott Alexander, 096. Luke Jackson hasn't allowed an earned run. Uh, you had like cameos from Alex Wood out of the pen for one inning and Cole Waits, but they're not here right now. Tristan Beck, 3.38 ERA. Brett Wisely threw an inning. We're not counting that. And then Ross Stripling. Pulling it down, frankly, he's got a 10.80 ERA and three and a third in those 30 days. So if you take out Ross Stripling, the numbers would be even better. So dramatic bullpen turnaround. If you're on YouTube, you can see that's exactly what the like head headline. I always point the wrong direction. 
says here, dramatic bullpen turnaround. And I would say that's dramatic because in the beginning, they were the worst. They had the worst bullpen ERA for like the first month. And now they have the best over the next month. So just goes to show you, you can't judge a baseball team in a short sample. And also the stuff I was saying about that they're going to be better than this, it's it's come true. So take that, those who doubted it. Anyway, coming up in just a minute, I want to discuss Carson Wisenhunt. He Giants, uh, one of their top draft picks from last year, less than 12 months ago, has already made his way to double A, and he made his double A debut last night. He's dominated every level up to now. How did it go? And then how about an update on Luis Matos, who hit a homer for AAA last night. So just a couple of minor league updates in just a minute. But before we get into that, All right, as promised, we are going to discuss Carson Wisenhunt's double-A debut. This guy has just gone quickly through the minor league system. He, I mean, he was literally drafted. I don't remember exactly the date of the draft last year, but it was in July. Now that it used to be in around this time of the year, but they've moved it to like the all-star break-ish, I believe, or at the all-star break. And... So we're talking like 11, less than 11 months ago, this guy was drafted and he finds himself now in double A because he, I mean, he pitched in a little bit in the complex league and low A last year, but then this year he starts in low A again, where he just dominates strikeout rate, 35% walk rate, totally under control, just ground ball rate, 53%, four, four starts, just really good. Really good stuff. 3.29 ERA. So he gets promoted to high A, makes six starts. You could say he got even better. 38% strikeout rate, walk rate still very, very reasonable. Uh, 1.42 ERA, 2.74 fielding independent pitching, just proving proficiency. And then after that, his latest start there, I said, I, I, I said, I think this guy's going to get promoted, like possibly right now. And sure enough, like the next day, he they announced he was promoted to Double A. And yesterday, he makes his Double A debut. And what does he do? He just did more of the same. He went out there and pitched five innings. He faced eighteen hitters. He allowed two hits, no runs, two walks, seven strikeouts, and so. F- it's just like he's doing the same thing at every level. In fact, I mean, yeah, it's a four, 39% strikeout rate. Didn't allow any runs. It's like, what more can this guy do? And so it's just exciting because he's got a plus-plus changeup. If you watch highlights of that pitch, I mean, he's just really got a good changeup. And he is moving quickly. And so, you know, if he just continues to dominate at double A, then... They'll promote him to AAA, and then, I mean, it's it's not out of the question that you could see him this year based on what I'm seeing here. So just wanted to point that out. I just He has done nothing but impress so far. Carson Wisenhunt, remember the name, left-handed pitcher, drafted less than a year ago, and he's already, I'm already saying you could see him this year in the major leagues, starting pitcher, of course. So anyways, uh, a little update on Matos, Luis Matos, who is in AAA. We've talked about him a lot. But let's talk about his game from yesterday. Well, he was in, you know, they're in Sacramento and he went, okay, so he had five plate appearances. He had two hits, including a single 
and a homer, no walks, and a strikeout. So I think one of the things that somewhat has been missing, like if you were to, it's hard to find criticism for Matos this season in what he's done offensively. But if you were to nitpick anything, it's like you haven't seen the power totally show up yet. That's just now five total homers uh, this season in 50 games played. He's stolen 13 bases and been caught five times. That's a, that's a lot of times being caught. But, um, you know, for, for him to, to just show power and it was an impressive swing. It was a pitch like off the pl- a fastball off the plate inside. It was just nice to see. And the, the kind of one other ingredient here is that they wanted him to show more plate discipline and he really showed it in double A. But in triple A so far, I mean, the strikeout rate is amazingly low at 7.5%. But the walk rate was 13% in double A. And it's only 5.4% right now in AAA. So that's just, we're nitpicking here because the overall line, I mean, he's hitting 375. He's got a 409 on base and a 545 slugging. It's a lively league in which he plays. And some have asked, why do I say that? And like, what's the reason for that? It's because a lot of the ballparks are at high altitude, like Reno and uh, I'm forgetting the other cities but high altitude and so it's like you're playing at Coors half the time or more type stuff and so that's part of the reason why it's such a lively offensive league but anyway so that overall slash line is only about 30 percent above average even though it sounds like if that was a major league numbers those that would be like 60 percent above average but just like to see the power would like to see you know Maybe just some more walks, but we're nitpicking. And if there was an opening in the outfield, he's probably one of the, if not the first guy up. Like if there was an injury, which I don't hope for, but if there was, then he's going to get a shot. And he's also the youngest of all players in AAA, according to the Giants, which they sent out, you know, something about that on Twitter just the other day. I didn't realize that at 21 years old, who just turned, he just turned 21 in late January. He's the youngest player in AAA, and he's doing well. So that's great, and that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show, talking with Paul Holden from Lockdown Rockies, breaking down the series. Hopefully a little trash talk from me following a sweep. We'll see. Alex Cobb on the mound for the Giants today. Giants play the Rockies today at 12:10 Pacific. Like I said, Alex Cobb. Uh... Yeah, and they're going for the sweep. So you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance. And thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.